And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. Well, it's really nice to have you here, Pastor Vance. Um, Today we have an interesting subject that's come up, and it's uh, kind of in the form of a question, and it's simply this. Can we have assurance that we belong to the Lord, you know, in in this life, um, that, you know, that this assurance that he's pleased with us, that we're his child. Can we really have this assurance? I think I would like to start out by maybe saying uh, something about our natures. There are people who have been raised in environments of mistrust and lack of love that probably are going to carry those scars throughout life, and they may not be able to trust and have the assurance of God's love to the same degree as someone else. But it's not entirely dependent on that, though. But I do want the audience to know that by temperament, some people struggle with this more than others. Hmm. And some are blessed with with a, a, a childlike ability to trust immediately and to stick with that. So I don't want to say, when we talk about assurance, that there's not a psychological element involved with this. Some people will just simply struggle more than others, and mm-hmm. I don't know all the various reasons, but I've seen it in the ministry, and, and of course you have too, mm-hmm. in the churches that you've been in, and so forth. You may even see it in your children. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Each child certainly is totally different from the other. It's hard to believe they came from the same parents <laughs> at some point. You know, And some have more makeup. assurance about themselves than others too. Oh, yeah. Just natural assurance. Yeah. More um, confidence. Uh, my wife had mentioned to me, and I think even before when you walked in, that um, she knew of a person recently who expressed a concern to her. Now this person's older and a uh, little bit getting a little few doubts about their uh, assurance. And so in some ways I wonder if um, Christian assurance, you may have possessed it in the past and then uh, as you've gotten a little older, maybe you, you start to develop a few doubts. Maybe your spouse has died. And, you know, a, a number of events has occurred now, and you realize um, you're not going to be around that much longer, and uh, you will be passing to be with the Lord. And um, maybe it's just a natural thing that um, you question your own assurance. You know, Dan, I think you, you, you hit onto something there uh, that you, you could develop or we could develop. Uh, as you grow older, do you always maintain the same certainty? Yeah. Well, you don't about physical things. If you notice that as people grow older and their yeah. senses get duller and they get frailer, they get less confident about their physical life. Mm. Could that be possible in the spiritual realm as well? Yeah. I would think that if you felt hale and hearty at 45 – and you're on the mountaintop, that you might be confident in the Lord's grace for you and so forth, everything's mm-hmm. going your way. But what if you are struggling and suffering, as I have a good friend right now who's suffering mightily yes. uh, in their last uh, uh, days on earth, would you be tempted by the tempter, for instance, uh, no. in a way that you wouldn't be at 45? The tempter only comes to us when we're weak. Isn't it true? And it makes you almost aggravated at the devil. <laughs> Because he takes advantage of these weak spots when you're down low, and he comes and he puts these doubts into your mind or these temptations, and he hits you when you're down. 
my father has been the best Christian that that uh, I know in terms of confidence and faith and trust in his service. But the last time I was home visiting him, now now he's he's going to be ninety seven in a couple of three hmm. months. Uh, but he had a question for me. Partly, I think he wanted to just uh, stir up a little something. But the other <laughs> was kind of kind of serious side to it. He says. And, and, and the reason I know that it's a problem for him, because the last three times I've been home, he's brought this up. He's and, asked it. And my sister says he brings it up with her, too. Will we know your mother in heaven? And she died a few years ago. Mm. And uh, no matter how much scripture I bring forth or whatever, it doesn't quite seem to satisfy him mm. that that will be the case. Now, I think he believes that he will, but he, he wants more assurance on that. So it has to do with assurance. It does. Not of his own salvation at, at this point. He believes he will see Jesus. Yes. But it has to do with what does that mean? Yes. So, yes, I do think that an older person uh, can be hit with doubts and temptations as they get closer to the end. Mm-hmm. And also as things happen in their lives. Yeah. And if you're if you're wise and you're older and you continue to gain in wisdom, you realize, you know what, I just don't know it all. Uh, there's other people in this world that are better at, at baking, maybe, or better at fixing an automobile, or better at writing a book, or better at preaching, or better at whatever. And then you start to say, well, they're probably better about understanding eternal things. And all this time I thought I had it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm realizing, oh, I just didn't quite know it all. Um, Take Job. In the middle of life, a series of events reduced him almost to ashes. Everyone had turned against him. Now, he had plenty of doubts. If you read the book of Job, Hmm. he he did, though, have commitment and love for the Lord. He said, even though you slay me, Lord, I will serve you. Mm-hmm. Now, there might be a little bit of pride in Job's voice when he says that there. I'm not sure. You, you couldn't put him on the couch mm-hmm. to psychoanalyze him. But on the other hand, uh, he was attacked severely. Now, people going through bouts in their life, let's say, for instance, you are 45 years old and you just received a diagnosis of cancer. Yes. And you're in stage four. And you have uh, relatively young children and unraised mm-hmm. family. Is God with me? Mm. Wouldn't that be uh, something to consider? Doubts would come. It might really rattle you. And you could almost say, if it doesn't rattle you, maybe something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. You know? Um, Hey, we're talking today about assurance, Christian assurance, and uh, a lot more to discuss. Stay with us. We'll be back right after the break. What a fellowship. What a joy divine Leaning on the everlasting arms What a blessedness What a peace is mine Leaning on the everlasting arms We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. 
We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. Oh, to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path goes from day. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Today in the studio with me is Dr. John Vance. We're talking about assurance, and I guess on this side of the break, let's start thinking about this. Can we have assurance that the Lord loves me and that I really am his child? I think we want to talk about that and and, and to kind of set it up also, um, I remember uh, some time ago there was uh, kind of the false teaching going around that the Lord was going to come at a certain time, and some guy had a following, and, you know, end of the world, May 21, all that nonsense. And um, there was a consistent characteristic in every single one of his followers, everyone, bar none, would tell you, that they were not sure that they were going to go to heaven. The most that they could do was to cry out to God and ask for mercy. And yet we read the Bible, and the Bible says there is an assurance of salvation. We can know that we are going to heaven to be with the Lord. Let's talk more about that. that. That's that's true. Now, uh, you touched upon something here. There are certain denominations and movements that don't provide their if you will, members, the same biblical perspective that you just articulated. I happen to have grown up in a, a wonderful Christian denomination or church that provided many, many benefits, but when it came to assurance, uh, they really couldn't say that you could count on God's favor because you may send it away today or tomorrow. Uh, in other words, they doubted oh. God's perseverance in your life, that, that right. once he began a good work in you, he would keep you. Yes. in that state of grace, and that, it, that it's not of works lest anyone should boast. So they didn't emphasize that aspect of, mm-hmm. of uh, the New Testament. And there are other very large churches and denominations that do not fully believe uh, in this life that you can know with a, with a, a, a real assurance that uh, you're going to heaven when you die. Mm. Let's put it that way, that simply. Right, But I, I love what John Calvin, uh, the way he defines faith. I have a definition of faith that, uh, that I brought with me, knowing that we were going to talk about this today. It's found in the Institutes of the Christian Religion in Book 3, uh, Chapter 2, Section 7. 
And you can look that up if you want to look it up online or whatever. But I want you to hear this simple but elegant and thorough, thoroughly biblical uh, definition of faith. And this is what he says. Now, we shall have a proper definition of faith if we say it is a steady and certain knowledge of the divine benevolence toward us, which being founded upon the truth of the gracious promise in Christ is both revealed to our minds and sealed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So faith in Calvin's view is is uh, rooted in God's gift through the Holy Spirit, and it is characterized by having an outlook and view and trust that God's favorable toward you, mm. that indeed he wants your best and he gives your blessing, no matter where you are in life, whether you are up or whether you are down. That's biblical faith. Mm. The word in, in the New Testament, there are several words, there are four words in the New Testament that we translate as assurance, and one of them is the word uh, pistus, which means faith or trust. When, when one trusts Christ, there is a benefit that comes back. And his spirit testifies to our spirit that we belong to him. That's in Romans 8. Right. So I believe there are two ways a Christian can have assurance of their salvation in this life. Number one, by trusting and believing the promises of God that he is for you and not against you. And number two, the Holy Spirit himself, who originally gave the word, also testifies directly in your heart because you have received the spirit that you belong to the Lord. Mm. And 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 uh, Jesus taught us above everything else to call and look to God as being our Father. Mm. Now, your child and uh, my child, and we both have multiple children, mm-hmm. uh, they look to us as a father. I never think that I'm going to disinherit my child mm-hmm. if they don't do what I say at every moment. Well put. It's a relationship. Yeah. I'm their father. I would love them and go through thick or thin with them. How much more would my Heavenly Father not do the same thing? So very true. Yes. Isn't there a verse of Scripture in the New Testament that talks about a son asking his father for something? And how much more our Heavenly Father will give, you know. Yes, if you asked for, if for bread, would he give you a stone? Yeah, that one. Yes. Oh, my. Um, this is when you enter into the Christian faith. Um, you've quoted this verse before. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. And when we understand that it is God himself who works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure, that this whole thing is is from him He's the one that's brought us in, and he's the one that maintains us. It does affect our understanding of assurance. Oh, it, it, there's no question that it does. And mm. if, if uh, those who have a poor understanding of who God is as Father, mm-hmm. as Jesus taught us to pray and trust, mm-hmm. probably are not going to experience the measure of assurance that is there for him. Yeah. It's not meaning that they're not saved or anything of the sort. No. I mean, you can have a little bit of an error here and here and there in doctrine and get to heaven just fine. But um, you may have a few more struggles emotionally yes. if, if we don't understand God rightly. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, let, let me uh, read a passage uh, from Titus. And uh, 
it, it is in that section there about mm. doing good. Mm-hmm. And the the uh, the writer says, at one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, notice this, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, Mm. but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, that is a verse that the Apostle Paul uh, and, and Titus was in his circle. Hmm. Uh, that is, that is a, a, a verse that this apostle writes to this young man to make sure that he understands hmm. that we are indeed saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. It is God's gift. And God is not an Indian giver, as we used to say, if I can use that right. politically yes. incorrect phrase. In other words, I probably shouldn't even use it in today's market, but he doesn't mm-hmm. give it and then take it away sure. if I stumble or struggle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, that verse you just read actually sounded almost complicated. I think there's a lot of depth in that verse where it talks about washing of regeneration, and I think it's got a lot of Old Testament imagery Very in much that so. also. Very yeah. much so. Remember, it ties into baptism and all of that <laughs> stuff. It does. That's some it does. verse. It is some verse. It's one of those wow. great... Verses in the Bible. Uh, a lot of people accuse Calvin of taking away assurance because of his doctrine of election. Uh. Now, the, you may find this in the Puritan some, but you really don't find it in the, the first-generation reformers. They were actually trying to restore assurance. Oh, sure. And uh, uh, I can remember the story in one of his letters where he gave the advice to a, a woman who was who – was, um, experiencing doubts about her salvation. Mm. And in the letter, he rhetorically asked her a few questions. Don't you go to church? Don't you receive the Lord's Supper? Are you not trying to live the Christian life? Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to tell her, let that be your confidence that God is working in you, and you can have assurance that God's favor does rest upon you. Now, there is a case where um, I could understand where a person struggles with their assurance, and that is if they continue to practice known sin, and um, maybe they have a little twinge of guilt, but it's not enough to make any change, and they just continue sinning and sinning and sinning. I'm not necessarily talking about the Romans 7 case where Paul identifies the fact that he's struggling with sin, but uh, help us uh, work through that a little bit. Well, there are different kinds of conscience, of course. Uh, Paul even recognizes that there are different levels of of uh, some consciences are maybe uh, easily bruised, others mm-hmm. not, and some of us may be just too dull. Mm-hmm. And we need a wake-up call. Yes. Uh, it is true that um, if you are living contrary to the gospel, it doesn't seem that you could have assurance of anything. Because there is a sense in which we make our calling and election sure through our continual response to Christ and desiring mm. to live for him. Yeah. And if that's not in your heart, then I think you have reason to doubt. Yeah, so it's kind of simple. Everything boils down kind of simple to me. I mean, if if I love Jesus, I'm going to want to do what he tells me to do. Just that simple. And yeah, I'm going to flub the dub from time to time. I'm going to sin. But... 
if I'm his child, then I'm going to repent of the sin and move on from there. It's, it's important that we remember uh, some of the words of St. Augustine. Um, he said a couple of things, and one that disturbed Pelagius, but let me quote it. Essentially, it was, love God and do what you will. Mm-hmm. Now, he knew that if you love God, you would do his will. That's right. But we never do it perfectly no. in this life. Uh, that is for sure. So that is the reason that when we talk about assurance, assurance does not rest in me. Right. It rests in the God who promises. Mm-hmm. And it's very important that we look not to ourselves like Peter did to the surrounding water and the sea, and then he fell in, you know, when he wanted to walk yes. on the water. We must always keep our eyes on Christ and upon our Father mm-hmm. in heaven. Mm. And that's where our assurance comes from. It's uh, self-authenticating, if you will. Mm-hmm. As we look and trust Christ, then we receive the benefit of assurance. And that also can come in the face of what uh, one Puritan uh, divine read a series of sermons uh, on sin, even in the midst of great failure, he says, or even in the midst of miscarriage of duties, we can still look to Christ and, oh, Lord, if I have fallen, yes. pick me up and, and, and uh, restore me. Uh, perseverance is a gift from God. Mm. So let's say a person out there is uh, realizing that, yes, sometimes I sin, but, you know, I I confess my sin, I'm trusting Christ. Um, Some of the real positive focus here that we've already talked about in terms of uh, bolstering up our assurance would simply be, I would say, worshiping with the people of God and hearing his word preached on a regular basis. Well, I believe that's why the writer of Hebrews says... uh, and warns not to uh, absent yourself from the church. Mm. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Mm-hmm. And this is in the context of perseverance. Mm-hmm. He believes that those who have apostatized from the faith or fallen away have done so because they have failed in their uh, Christian duty to assemble with God's people and to hear his word of, of grace and comfort. And yeah. so, therefore, if if you abandon those things which are a means of grace to you, Mm-hmm. then, of course, you're not going to have any assurance of anything. And here's another um, idea. Uh, you might be in an area where you just can't find a good church to go to. And yet, um, I would be inclined to say, well, find a church. It may may not be perfect, and it may be far from perfect, but it's better to be with the people of God and have an imperfect church than stay home and not have any contact with church people. I say so. When I, I know. go on vacation, particularly when we had young our children with us at home, I made sure we went to church yeah. because I didn't care uh, necessarily what kind of church. If it was a Trinitarian church, well, sure, sure. Uh, I wasn't uh, overly concerned that it was just like what they were used to, mm-hmm. uh, but I wanted them to understand that uh, you keep on keeping on because you stay with God's people. Yes. And the fellowship of the saints is a great and wonderful strength, even when the people don't believe exactly the way you do. And maybe you're out there saying, you know, I really don't feel I have much assurance, and yet at the same time, you haven't been going to church. You know, well, maybe that feeling kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that you're you're forsaking the assembly of yourselves together. What about the sacraments? Help us understand how assurance can be tied to those. Well, there's signs and seals, you know. Let me go back to Augustine again. He called the sacraments visible words. Mm. In other words, when 
when the the uh, lector reads from the Bible, that means re- reader reads mm-hmm. from the Bible, they are reading the Word of God, and it's a means of grace. Whenever the minister preaches the Word of God, it's a means of grace. Mm-hmm. Now, why? Because both present Christ mm-hmm. to your faith. The same thing when it comes to the sacrament. They sign the gospel. Mm-hmm. And to the believer in the covenant, they seal that to them. So they are really, really uh, signs of great comfort and seals of great comfort to us to assure us. I'm not sure that a person is going to have much confidence that the Lord loves if they continue to absent themselves, Mm -hmm. not only from church, but from the Lord's table, Mm -hmm. which uh, uh, is God's sign and seal of his love and assurance and acceptance of you. Uh, based upon what Christ has done for you. We feast upon him. Yeah. And uh, if you fail to do that, then, of course, uh, you can't have much assurance. Well, today we've been talking about assurance, and perhaps you have a question for Pastor Vance. We would invite you to email us. That address is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. Again, ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org and send that note, and uh, we'll forward it to Pastor Vance, and that way he can answer you directly. And uh, also, this broadcast is up on our website. Check that out. It's located at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Today in the studio has been Dr. John Vance. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. Yeah.